Okay, what shall we talk about today? Let's start by talking about rules, okay? Life is filled with rules. I mean, you drive out of the parking lot here at King's today and try to make a left-hand turn on Olive Street Road. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of rules. Or, you know, I see your daughter right over here. Do you have any rules? Yeah. Don't go there, Al. You just thank trust. Okay. Man, we have rules in the church. I mean, if Doug and Scott and I sat down and showed you all the rule books pastors have got, I mean, you wouldn't. We got rules on how to run the liturgy and how to do this and how to. We got rules on what kind of coffee pot to get and do you want donut holes or not. Rules. Are, now, the other interesting thing, though, about church is we have a lot of unwritten rules. Okay? For instance, it is an unwritten rule that you are not to color in the hymnals. Okay, we don't even use the hymnals anymore, do we? I mean, you tell them when's the last time you had to take a hymnal out. We got everything up on the screen. But it is not good for people if they come in and they find green and orange crayon in the hymnals. Now, another unwritten rule in the Lutheran church is you don't shout amen or praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, if you're in the band, you know, we, we figure that just comes with being in the band. But wait a Matter of fact, a cardinal rule of Lutheranism, unwritten, is you never show people what you're feeling. You know, you just sit there like a rock. And people aren't supposed to know what's going on. And what's it? One more, one more unwritten rule: don't jump on the pews. Okay, if you really want to irritate the pastors, we'll see you out there jumping on the pews, and we're not going to like that. Now, today's why am I talking about rules? Because the very last line in today's gospel lesson is, and it was the Sabbath. It was the Sabbath, and Jesus healed this guy. That's breaking a rule. But even more, this guy has the nerve to pick up his mat. That's a broken rule, too. So we're, we're talking about broken rules. Let's think about this just for a minute. Now, John chapter 3 to chapter 10 is Jesus doing nothing but visiting Jewish festivals. Okay, you look at chapter 5 today, and doesn't it start out that reading that there was a festival in Jerusalem, and Jesus comes to town, which is perfectly normal for a Jewish man to come to the festival, and what does he do? He goes to his favorite outdoor nursing home. Okay, there's this pool. There it is, the pool. And people bring all of the sick people there to be healed. And now I don't quite get how this works. You know, I think for some of them, they they take them there, they unload them, and they say, come on home when you get better. But it just doesn't tell us how this all works. This we do know, okay? This we do know. 
that every so often, we aren't told how so often how much that really is, an angel of the Lord stops by this pool and stirs the waters, okay? And when the waters stir, the first person in, okay, the first person in the pool gets healed. How's that? Now, I, I don't know if that's once a year or once a week. You know, it doesn't tell you. But that's how this works. So now, let's just kind of forget all that for a minute. In order to understand this lesson today, we have to understand how John uses water in his gospel. And because this is going to be a really short sermon today. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> now, this is going to be a short sermon today because we have a guest with us, and that's Sue Nominson from Lisa. And that, you know, Lisa sounds like a girl's name, but that's really the Lutheran Elementary School Association. And so I'm going to give Sue a little bit of time from my 25-minute sermon today. Okay? No, I wouldn't do that. So anyhow, how is water used in the Gospel of John? John chapter 1, John the Baptist says, I have come to baptize with water, but he who comes after me is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so John gives us that connection right away between spirit and water. John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana, okay? Never host a party if you're going to run out of wine, but the lesson here is when you run out of life, when you don't have any spirit in you anymore, when you're sucking air, when you don't know what to do, Jesus Christ calls you his own, and he will not forget you. John chapter 3, Nicodemus, you must be born of water in the Spirit. John chapter 4, Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus shouldn't even be talking to her. She thinks he wants a glass of water. Jesus says what? If you knew who you were really talking to, honey, I'd be giving you living water. And then we get to John chapter 5, our gospel lesson for today. Does water heal? No. Water doesn't heal. Who does? Jesus. In John chapter 6, I just love John chapter 6. When you think you're drowning, maybe when you think you're dying, maybe when life is really tough, who walks across the water to come and save you? Jesus. See, that's how John uses water. Now, we're going to take that whole conversation of water and just set that aside, and I'll come back to it a little later before I finish this 11-minute sermon this morning, okay? Ha, he didn't look at the clock. Let's take this guy. This guy in John chapter 5. We don't know his name. We don't know why he's there. All we know is he's probably Lutheran, okay? <laughs> Why do I say that to you? Because only a Lutheran had lay by a pool for 38 years <laughs> and think that something was going to happen. 
okay? And this guy, he, he follows the rules. Okay, but it, it, Jesus says to him, do you want to get healed? I mean, if you had laid by a pool for 38 years, how would you respond to that question? Man, let's get on with it. Let's do it. Jesus, Lord, Rabboni. How does this guy, it's the weakest response I've ever seen. How does he respond? I don't have anybody to help me to the water. Come on. You know, I read a bunch of people about this text because it's not easy to find a lot of gospel in this text. And a couple of people said that this guy, this unnamed guy, matter of fact, I named him Dude in um, 930 Church. Dude. That he is the most unthankful, uncaring, unrepentant person you find in the Gospel of John. I mean, think about this for a minute. Think through all the healing miracles. And what kind of phrases do you find? You find stuff like, your faith has made you well. Or go and sin no more. Or they came running back thanking and praising God. This guy? This guy picks up his mat and is so happy that he's healed, he loses Jesus in the crowd. He loses Jesus in the crowd and he just goes his merry way. And then that little later on in chapter 5, the Pharisees stop him and say, Dude, you broke a rule, man. You picked up your mat. They say, who healed you? I don't know. He said, look at the gossip. Look at John chapter 5. That's what he says. I don't know who healed me. So they let him go. And later on, he runs into Jesus, and he discovers, whoa, Jesus healed me. And what does he do? He goes back and he squeals to the Pharisees. Oh, Jesus healed me because he likes being healed. He likes being the way he is now. He has no intention of going back to that pool. Well, I'll promise you this. You will never in the next 50 years walk into this church and find this to be the gospel lesson for Thanksgiving. Okay? There is not an ounce a thanksgiving in dude. But now I'm going to ask you another question. When Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk, what do you hear? What do you hear about your life? You know, how do you respond to that? Maybe we say, Lord... I'd like to pick up my mat and walk, I really would, but my health, you know, my feet just can't take it anymore. And I'm just going to have to take it easy, Lord, and maybe you just can go ahead and find somebody else. Or maybe you say, oh, Lord, pick up my mat and walk. You know, I'll do that right after I get the better job, the bigger house. You know, I've always kind of wanted to drive a BMW, you know, that beats the Toyota the pastor drives. Anyhow, then I'll, then I'll pick up my mat. Or, 
You know what, Lord? I'll pick up my mat as soon as my wife gets her act together. Or maybe she'd say, as soon as my husband gets his act together. Or, do you know what? I'm thinking of retiring. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move out of Chesterfield and go to Colorado. And, and then, Lord, then I can pick up my mat. When it suits me, when it's good for me, when it feels good to me, then I can pick up my mat. Just think on that for a minute. Okay, here's the question of the day. Nobody's got it right yet. Where in the Christian church do we find this gospel lesson used? No fair if you've seen or heard the sermon. Yeah. This was one of three gospel lessons actually used in the early Christian church to instruct people, catechumens, who were getting ready for baptism. Now you say, whoa, like where does that come from? Now we're going to bring back that whole conversation about water that I gave you. Remember, I went through six chapters of John's Gospel in 30 seconds for you. Okay, now we're back to that whole conversation about what John 13. Jesus is instituting Holy Community. He gets down and to wash his disciples' feet. What's the message? It's that you can hear the question about your mat because Jesus Christ not only washes your feet, but he sheds his blood for you. And on the night when he was betrayed, he took his body and his blood and he gave it for you. Oh, and then we can just flip right over to John 19. Okay? John 19. Jesus dies on the cross, screams out, it is finished. Soldiers come around a little while later, and by custom, what do they do? They break your legs just to make sure you're having a good time. But Jesus is dead. So what do they do? They take a spear and they run it up his side. And what comes out? Blood and water. The blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of the blood of the Lamb, shed for you and me. The water, the Spirit. John wants you to be thinking Spirit. Spirit of God that covers and claims this world as God's own. As God's own. Then I can hear that question, pick up your mat. Because I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it with Jesus. And that makes all the difference. Now, I'm going to be Dr. Phil for a minute. Better than Jerry Springer, you know. That would... Dr. Phil, well, how's that picking up your mat stuff working for you? I mean... Are you really doing that for Jesus, or is this just listening to old Pastor Al talk? And you know what I had to face? I had to ask myself, okay, I stand up here every so often and I tell you stuff like you should do this and that and praise God and da-da-da-da-da. 
how do I do that? How does that work for me? And, you know, I had to go back to, it'll be six years ago this June that I retired from Lutheran family. And I was sick for a year after I retired. And lo and behold, this congregation, King of Kings, kind of calls up and says, what are you doing now? You know, Doug gave me a list of 10 people who said, hey, maybe you can call on these 10 people. He didn't tell me it was going to grow into a list of 350. <laughs> I'm kidding him. And I said, okay. And then about three years ago, this not-for-profit organization called Lisa says, why don't you come have breakfast with us? And I thought, oh, not another not-for-profit. But all of a sudden, I said, what do you do? And they said, we provide scholarships for kids to go to school. And I thought, well, that's kind of self-serving, Lutheran kids getting Lutheran money to go to Lutheran schools. And then I learned something, and that's that they give 600 scholarships away a year, and 300 or more go to non-Lutheran kids. And that's all of a sudden, you know, I have a sucker for kids. And that's all of a sudden when I got the picture of some 27-year-old person standing up and saying, I met Jesus Christ in grade school because of you. Because you sent me to a Christian school. I wasn't even Lutheran, to a Christian preschool. Okay? Ask Bab sometime about families she's got in that preschool. That's what it's all about. Teaching and sharing Jesus Christ. Now, can you pick up your mat and get behind that one? Well, I'm going to introduce Sue Namanson at this point. Look at that, 12-minute sermon. Oh, <laughs> write that down. If you believe that, I... I'm going to introduce Sue Namanson, the president and CEO of um, LISA, that is the Lutheran Elementary School Association, and she gets the last three and a half minutes of my sermon. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and thank you for inviting me to be here with you today. Um, it has been a delight and a joy to have served Lisa for over 18 years now since its inception in 2004 and to have led it for the past 13 years. It's been quite an honor um, to have served our Lord and Savior in that way. Um, you know, Babs, yeah. Dwayne Hingst, Marjorie Hingst, our Lutheran educators, our system of Lutheran schools across the world. Um, it's because of people like Dwayne and Marjorie Hinks that I'm here today to talk to you uh, about a special thing that their family has done. But wonderful Lutheran educators who are bringing the word of Christ to children each and every day in our Lutheran schools. Um, as Pastor Erdman said, over half the children that receive funding from Lisa to attend Lutheran schools are not Lutheran. And in fact, nationwide, more than half the kids that attend our Lutheran elementary schools are not Lutheran or have no faith home. Our Lutheran schools are our synod's best outreach tool to share the word of Christ and introduce 
kids and their families into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's really a pleasure to serve in this ministry. Um, I want to share with you a few words from a, a grandmother who is raising three grandchildren. Um, her family has suffered the effects of addiction, mental illness, incarceration, the deaths of three of her grandchildren's parents. And her children are able, grandchildren are able to attend Zion Lutheran School in Bethalto, Illinois, because of the wonderful donors and uh, foundation funders that support Lisa. She and her family, her children, grandchildren, receive financial assistance for tuition um, through Lisa. And she has become a member of the church. Her three grandchildren have now been baptized into the Lutheran faith because of their relationship with that Lutheran school. And she shares with us that Zion Lutheran School has been our rock and my grandchildren's stability. I will forever be grateful for the scholarships received from my grandchildren. As a seasoned parent who has 30 years of experience with both public and private schools, I know without a doubt that my grandchildren, had they been enrolled in a public school, would not have thrived the way they do at Zion. When I walk outside the school doors and look up at the steeple on the church, and this is what really gets to my heart all the time I read this, I often get choked up as I often wonder if some of the other parents even know what an eternal impact is being made on their children's lives. Some people choose a Lutheran school primarily for smaller class sizes. I appreciate that part of Zion wholeheartedly, but my greatest appreciation and comfort comes in knowing that my grandchildren are learning about how much Jesus loves them, what he has done for them, and how they can live their lives following him. I invite all of you to be a part of the Lutheran education ministry, which helps bring kids and families to Christ through our schools, uh, through the support of Lisa, and especially today, I'd like to share with you some information. I won't be staying after this service, but Don will be staying. Babs, I don't know if you'll be staying around for a few minutes, but there is some information about the Duane and Marjorie Hingst endowment on the table in the front. Uh, Duane Hingst was a lifelong Lutheran educator. Marjorie was a Lutheran educator, both dedicating their lives to ministry and to making sure that kids know about their Lord and Savior. Their family has uh, started an endowment to honor their ministry now that Duane has passed, and that endowment will provide tuition assistance scholarships to children for many, many years to come. So we invite you to be part of that. And please do greet Dawn this morning, and uh, God's blessings to all of you. Thank you for letting me be here today. Okay, what's the word for the day? Pick up your mat and get going, because Jesus goes with you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.